Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) To another episode of Lifelong Learner. Ben, Matt, welcome. You guys are in the same room. You're looking, um, the, the listeners listeners and watcher, viewers, I should say, they can see this. You guys, did you guys coordinate on your grey hoodies this morning? Yeah. Um, weird how that happened. It is, it is a little weird. Uh, no, we just thought, I just thought this morning we'd sit on a couch and we'd do, we go a bit longer. My feet are up. Uh, we'd sit on the couch and do a couch version mm. with you looking all clean shaved and nice. neat and tight. Professional. Okay, you too. How's Taking that? it easy. Yeah. Matt, I feel like last on uh, Thursday you were wearing that same outfit. I like yes. to hope you've changed between now and then. No. How's he smell, Ben? It smells fresh. Nice, mm. nice, nice. Good, good, good. Tick. You've so got what, a great what? memory. Yeah, right. Mm. What? One of five things I wear, Janesh. Yeah, I know that. And you have the same pair of boardies that you've owned for like 10 years. So, Have you looked into the geniuses in the world? They all say the same thing. Don't waste capacity thinking mm. about what clothes you're going to wear. True. Wear the same clothes every day. Save some bandwidth. True. Less, cho- less choices, yeah. right? Yeah. He hasn't screwed up the world at all. Have you watched what's happened to Facebook stock? <laughs> Since he changed outfits. Yeah, I think he, he obviously started making making more, more choices. And now he's lost $100 billion. Yeah. So, you know. So the moral of that story is make less choices. Yeah. yeah. Less make, make, make decisions that matter. That's the whole willpower thing, right? Mm. Make less decisions. Save your decision making yeah. for the decisions that really matter, mm. which is the power of morning ritual, right? Get up, <laughs> do the same thing. Same, get up same time, have the same thing when you get up, go to the loo the same time. What was your morning, what was both your mornings like this morning? What did you guys do? Well, uh, I got up really early because I've got a dreaded cough and I was coughing at quarter past four. So, mm. I went, oh, so you know, it's that, t- that dreaded time when it's too early to get up, mm-hmm. but it's, it's kind of late enough that you think, oh, is it worth me staying in bed? Mm. I got up. What time was it? Quarter past four. Yeah, I was the same. Four twenty-five. I went to the toilet. Mm. I had the same dilemma for an mm. hour. Should I get up? Should I sleep? Yeah, I should have got. I should have got up. I laid it. Ah, stewing on the day. Mm. Laid. You, Janesh, early morning. Yeah, it was actually up. This week's been good, actually. Um, I was up at five thirty this morning, and uh, uh-huh. nah, reading a book, reading a book, oh. and then six thirty. I was going to run and then end up... How uh, are you enjoying Fifty Shades of Grey? Is it, oh, it's is amazing. It, Mate, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning, It's adding adding things to my repertoire, adding things to my toolbox, actually. It's, uh, it's a couple of things where I'm like, oh, you know what? They need to do it a, a better way, like... I could teach them a few things, but anyway, mate, mm-hmm. I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you the uh, volume two version. I'll, um, I'll, I'll write it and I'll give it to you, mate. So any listeners that want the, um, the, the expert version of it, by all means, feel free to hit me up. 60 shades of grey. <laughs> yes, yes. The um, annotated version with your notes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do it this bonus way. Bonus 10 shades. Yes, bonus 10 shades for the price of of the same 50. Yeah, uh, we should be serious. What are you reading um, in the morning? Uh, Ikigai. A, ah, yes. Mm, a little blue book I actually picked up um, actually on the last, like, trip, actually. Uh, airport book. I always love an airport book. Like, 
they're good. And um, it's actually really, really interesting. Um, kind of finding out what, 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 what you're good at, what you love, uh, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. Also tied into um, like longevity as well. So, yeah, fascinating read so far. Mm. Mm. Um, it was a good book. What is that with, you know, I just wonder whether all bookshops listening, um, whether you could actually have a stand that is called the airport bookshop stand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate. You know, can you walk into a big bookshop? And I love a bookshop. Mm. It's like, oh, everything's this, everywhere. Yeah, yeah I know. Here. I know. Yeah, that would be great. I would go into more bookshops, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. But no, that, and then, mate, epic morning. The sun's up. Uh, and then took crew for a walk. So I came for a walk with me as well um, before getting ready for the day. And, yeah, it was good. Yeah, good, mm. good morning, actually. Mm. How good is this sun, by the way? Those that are in um, in Melbourne, like the sun in the last probably four, what are we, Wednesday, five days? It's been great. Mm. It's, been a wel- coming. it's been a welcome change. Yeah, we've talked about SAD before. Mm. Uh, SAD stands for something... Sunlight. Something to British Association. Deficiency. Deficiency. Uh, oh, what do you mean? You know, SAD. SAD. Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. No, no, no. It's, it's like when there's not enough sunshine mm. and, you, and you get a bit sad. Yeah. And it's, it's got to do with, oh, you know, light exposure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does the A stand for? I, don't, I know, I know exactly what SAD stands for, and it completely escapes me right now. I think it's the bit of coffee that Matt made me. Oh, uh, he burnt it. He burnt it, did he? He likes it. Hot. Yeah, I made it. Also burnt. I'm not sure. Put it in the microwave. Um, uh, you mean he's extra I hot? Think the, soy milk, the soy milk might have been off. Mate, do you usually right. get your extra hot though to last you longer? Is that your no. usual? I want to sip it. Mm. I want to, I want to savor it and sip it. Not get it, and it's like completely drinkable. Mm-mm. Mm. Hate it when it's completely drinkable. It's like a hot cup of tea. Like you get it, and it's scolding, and you've got to go. Mm. I do like yeah. that with that cup of tea because that, mm. yeah, yeah. Simple like creatures to last. Yeah, the enjoyment. I like the process. idea of it because I, I had my normal walk and talk with our mates. Our mate Ryan this morning. Um, was that a drive and talk? So it was a drive and talk mm. to drive up to Maddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nice. I pulled in. So, and I was saying this to Ryan this morning. There is a coffee place called Little Rebel, and they <sighs> they grind and manufacture their own coffee there. And it's in an industrial estate in Dramada. Mm. And like you walk in and it smells amazing. They open at six thirty. I actually go out of my way. It costs me ten minutes. Just rather than pulling all the coffee places, I could mm. go out of my way ten minutes to pull in there and get a little rebel. Why? Coffee. It is. It's unbelievable. You know, like is the coffee unbelievable or the uh, experience unbelievable? No, the coffee. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's, 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 I mean it's a cool place, right? Because it's in a, you know, they've got their coffee place there, and it's all, you know, it's it's groovy, decorated, and stuff. But, um, you know, there's a bit of coffee wank that goes on out there. Heaps. Seriously, to get coffee that is freshly, you know, roasted mm. and freshly ground, I've got to say, it just, to be honest, it just tastes different. And I had that experience 
in, and I think we might have talked about it on the, on the show, up in Port Douglas, mm-hmm. um, a South Korean couple have got this coffee place in Port Douglas called Origin, I think, Coffee. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And they freshly roast their beans every Monday themselves and then grind them throughout the week and then back to Monday freshly roasted. And the coffee was unbelievable. Best coffee I've ever had in my entire 54 years. Wow. And I came and tested, I came down and my brother said, got to go to Little Rebel. Incredible coffee. Mm-hmm. So um, service is always great. Um, not that, you know, so I t- they take my order and make my coffee. and But it's just, it's you know, like they've just, they've got it right. How is it? Some people get it so right. And some people don't even get close to being right. Well, firstly, do they drink coffee? Uh, you know how many people make coffee that don't drink mm-hmm. coffee? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? If and, you're a barista yeah. and you don't drink it, you shouldn't make it. And do they actually have, uh, one, do they care? And two, do they have to? Right? So what I mean, do they, one, do they care? Do they care if it's right? Uh, again, if they don't drink the coffee, then they're not really going to make, oh, this, this doesn't taste the greatest. Or if their market is the $1 petrol station coffee, then they don't need to. But the, the problem is that the $1 coffee is better than 50% of barista-made coffees. Mm, mm. And that pisses me off because I drive. There's about seven different places I get coffee around here. And depending on who's on... Mm determines whether you get a good coffee. So I can't just go to, you know what I mean? I can't go, oh, I'll go to Rebel and get a coffee. I have to know <laughs> pretty much who's on where, when to get a good coffee. Yeah. And nothing pisses me off more than spending five fifty on a coffee and it's worse oh, than a $1. <laughs> oh, I know. And you know straight away, don't you? you can, I feel the temperature too hot. I glimpse underneath, I see too many bubbles. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. Or the worst is when you ask for something and it's like, like, and you feel it, you're like, oh, there's too much in here. You really fucked this. And then um, my tolerance is, uh, depending on if I have time, I'm like, hey, look, this is sorry. Uh, I'm happy to, like, like, just maybe just put two shots of coffee in and a dollop of froth in. That's all I need. It's not that hard. It's not that fucking we, hard. We are a thing. We are a thing, though. Melbourne coffee snobs. It's a thing. Yeah. Like, I've driven most of Western Australia now and up the East Coast. Yeah. We're coffee snobs. Yeah. But we do know how to make coffee. Once mm. you go travelling a little bit around Australia, you realise Melbourne is pretty good at making coffee. Mm. Like, you can go to, you know, the mm. dodgy cafe that you're like, nah, not going to be able to make coffee. And that coffee is way better than anywhere else you go in Australia pretty much. Mm. I found, you know what I found really interesting? McDonald's coffee is consistent. Least it's not shit. the best. No. <laughs> Consistently shit. No, I think it's good. Where? Yeah. I'd, I'd rate McDonald's coffee a 7 out of 10. Yeah. And, just, and yeah. partly that rating I would give them because it's pretty much always a 7 out of 10. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't agree. When I was travelling, I would look for a McDonald's coffee rather than go would to the local you? coffee place because the local coffee place was was all over the shop. Mm. Yeah, but where you were travelling up the guts. Yeah. Towards Darwin. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I would go to McDonald's mm. coffee there. <laughs> yeah. Because there's nowhere else to go. Mm. 
Yeah. Like sometimes I've got more faith in our coffee machine sometimes than a local barista. Don't get me wrong, there's a few that are like really good. Um, but I'm like, oh, you know what? This is consistent and it is good. Like I think probably a year ago we bought one and I was like, nah, this is great. This is great. Mm. Uh, Isn't it interesting how we've become um, like there's a real coffee kind of culture, mm. like, a you know, you get your morning, like you see all these people and they're walking around mm. and they're holding their, they're going for their morning walk, their fitness thing, and they've got, you mm. know, this big Magachino thing. Mm. Um, Michael Pollan, uh, there's a really interesting interview with him. He did, you know, he does a lot of the work around drugs and, you know, the effects of different drugs on our body and he did some work around caffeine. He went off coffee for a month. And he has a really interesting conversation around, you know, when he was off, he just started to notice how many people were lining up, like literally lining up for coffee. You know, it's like people yeah. <laughs> that are, um, you know, getting their, going to their local pharmacy in the morning to get their, um, their, hit. You know, their, their morphine kind of, you know, replacement. You know, they're all lining up and they're hanging out for their coffee. And then how we've also got used to spending, you know, $7. My daughter told me the other day that at an RMIT, cafe because she gets decaf and oat milk her coffee costs her seven dollars which the markup on coffee is insane a coffee costs less than a dollar to make mm. even even if you get all the other different extras maybe a dollar nah I, I would reckon if you're pumping out 200 coffees a morning you're making them for 50 cents each you know what i mean if you've got a giant big bag of beans catches your baristas costing it Nah, 150 bucks an hour at the moment. Yeah, I know. It's your barista. You're paying for the barista. You're not paying for the actual coffee. So if you're running a small business that sells coffee, make your own fucking coffees, get rid of the barista, be the barista and the manager, and you're going to make bank. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Coffee. It's incredible. It's been, you know, it's, it wasn't a traded. So we're showing our ignorance here. It's like ignorant people having a conversation around something they don't know nothing about. But wasn't coffee like one of the currencies mm. mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. oh like the- tulips were it you know like a currency and mm-hmm. you would trade saffron yes. coffee yeah 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 makes sense um anyway mm. uh we're all are you caffeinated this morning mate i am i am i am yeah i went through a patch of reducing and now i'm back up a little high uh, yeah, I'm, I'm two down at the moment sure uh, um, but it's a, it's the the ease of having the machine at home, like mm. and uh, and the one that like we've got one that grounds the beans for you, so you smell the beans and it's like oh. so yeah and I was like okay this is good and we can you can pick which beans you get right so you go All right, I want these fresh ones let's put the fresh ones in really yeah you're fancy I love it we got a we got a fifty nine dollar LD pod machine yeah. That too, yeah. I don't think we can't do it. You have to go to Audi for the pods, yeah. But you can get these beans, mate. Imagine you go in a little rebel, you had this machine, and you can get a little rebel and get the fresh beans and make it in the convenience of your home, Mm. yeah. But you're putting out someone out of business, your machine, nah. But you're buying the beans off a local, some kid isn't going to university anymore, yeah, because a markup of fucking eight dollars a coffee, bought his books, yeah. You went and bought an electronic coffee machine. You know what? I'm trying to make equality of scale here and fucking drop the uh, entitlement rates and go, you know what? If they don't get a job, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh no! By the synchronized cough, there. This cough. What is happening? Yeah, now we we talked about, didn't we? Was it last episode? The last episode. Uh, we had a bit. Of, it was a good. It was a good. I had a good laugh last time. And uh, what were we doing? was it the last time? Last time we talked about, you know, like just want to go out and just chill out and relax. And how I'm, yeah, know, yeah, yes. not been drinking alcohol. Yes, but I think it was the episode before I was talking about how. It's kind of crook, you know. I mean, you're not. No, nah, there was last episode. You were like talking about the the man flu, and you're still looking like very. Uh, you're just kind of tuned to uh, being dark, right? Going like, oh, looking yeah. a bit more pessimist when you're when you are sick. When you put, how is the body going? Wait, I've I got I got another cold, another man. Another flu. one. Well, hold on. Did you yeah. get over it the can't first be one? The same one. It surely can't be. It's the two same weeks one. ago. Yeah, on Wednesday I was starting to feel better and then Wednesday afternoon came crashing down and I had my first sick day on Thursday. You had a sick day, mate. I just said to Michelle, I can't go to, I can't I can't go today. I just can't I'm just I feel so unwell. What's it's amazing going? because he doesn't look sick. Like looking at him when he stepped out of the car, I'm like, Oh, look at him strappy. Looks fresh. Mm. And then he's <laughs> So strapping on the outside and strapped on the inside. So, but you don't well, usually get um, – you don't get sick, sick mate. Sick, is my saying. I don't this, do sick. This generation has no time for sick. I know. So, but now – They taught us. Mate, two weeks. Two weeks, mate. So, what's – Three uh, weeks I've been crook now. What's going on? I think it was because I – and, Michelle, if you're listening, you'll be pleased to hear that I'm agreeing with you on the podcast <laughs> In public, with in private with us, but I will in public. Um, I think I was crook uh, with the man flu the first time, and I just worked on through it. Oh, I, you know, I worked on through it, and not smart, shh, not smart. And I took Sudafed mm. to work on through it to cover it up. Mm. And as we know, you know, it's just a band aid, masking a band aid over something, masking, and it yeah it doesn't give your body a chance to properly heal. So I don't think I properly healed and. Either caught another flu or it just came back with vengeance. Anyway, mm. but I haven't been so dark. I think, and you know why? Partly, I think I haven't been dark is on. No, I don't think this is the dark conversation, but it's it's, it's more like you know this project, and you'd be feeling a little bit too with shipwrecked. Is you, I'm constantly thinking about roads above the renovation, like where where do I place that hook to hang that mirror? And I'm calculating it in the nighttime and during the daytime, and everything's got to be calculated because once you drill the hole, it's like permanent and blah blah blah, and it completely occupies your mind. It's mm. all you can think about. And then on Sunday morning, uh, the weather was going to be great, and I said to Michelle, "I'm going to finish by twelve o'clock on Sunday, mm. and I'm, I'm going to get it done." And so I've been working flat out, and on Sunday, at, like at twelve o'clock came, and it was all done. We were, we were at 93% complete, nice. except for a little bit of painting. All decisions have been made. Right. Everything's been ordered. And it's just like the weight is lifted, mm. that constant cloudiness. And I came to work on Monday, catching up with the team. I was back dressed up in my fancy clothing. <laughs> I was bright. I'd been up early. I'd started messing, messaging everyone. You know, I was on the warpath around, you know, all the things that hadn't quite been done while I'd been away, you know, <laughs> while I'd been away in Rosebud. And and I said, sorry, guys, but I'm back. back. I'm back. <laughs> uh, have you guys had that? Like when you're totally consumed and you almost kind of disappear into the consumption and then you, you come back out of it. Yeah. Yeah, literally I had that. 
just the integrating back into having a home, all that stuff. Like I think I said it last week, we've just been, you know, cleaning everything and sorting everything out and trying to move it all in place. And I was just flat, like super flat, not, you know, when you have to do stuff, mm. it just had no um, internal motivation. It's all just have to get done. Mm-hmm. And then I literally sat down. I think once I had this space, kind of like at least the space where I'd set up my computer and I did my journal for the first morning in ages at 7.30 in the morning <coughs> and that was the snowball. Like one positive thing and then I worked out and then it just snowballed and, and felt good again. Mm-hmm. And then I think I went, I think it was Wednesday and I went down to the summit on Thursday. So a full day of mm-hmm. seeing people and doing stuff and, yeah, it's like the lights went back mm-hmm. on. But how about you, Janesh? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm also aware of, uh, I try and prep sometimes the people around me um, when I come back into that state because it can be, ah, fuck. Like I I know my energy can be taken as, oh, no, type of thing in terms of like, but it's just because I've taken the spotlight off it. So it doesn't mean it's... um, but it feels good. It feels good. Uh, I think so. We've got a big event coming up in a couple of weeks and I'm probably going into probably starting tomorrow in a very absorbed blinkers on phase. And then the two week, then in, in two weeks, in two weeks. I'll be coming out of that. So, um, yeah, I, I like coming out of it. It's exciting. Um, mm. It is exciting. It's like, it's like when you're, it's like at the end of a holiday when you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm I'm ready to be back, and I'm I'm happy to be back. You're like um, that feeling. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, mm. Mm. And I think the weather for me, the weather makes it like again, just the not even weather, just longer days. I've just noticed this last week, longer days, and like it just changes that. I think that well, I don't know that that feeling of just kind of being on it. Uh, yeah. It's like you've got. I've just gained. Like four hours, two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening, right? Where it's like, oh, this is great. Um, yeah. So, which is nice, I think. It's, it's like, how do we not do that? How do we not be so affected by the weather? Mm. Is it possible? Or is that just, is that nature? Like all animals, <coughs> the weather's crappy, the animals also. Yeah. But you look at like, so still a lot of animals hibernate, right? And they still kind of go, you know what? I don't, I don't need to do this time. I'm going to have a big meal and go to sleep. Yeah. And wake up when it's good. Um, but it's also, yeah, for me, it's um, not even, co- like the sun, sun's great, but I think just just the uh, daylight for me. Like I can do cold, um, rain if I have to, but it's like just daylight. Like if they had the longer days, the same amount of like time of sunlight we have now, all year round and go through the seasons, sure, it would be great. Well, that's why we created light. Here we go. Seasonal affective disorder. Uh-huh. I just had to do Seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Mm. Let, me, let me read you that. Mayo Clinic. They know everything. But I have another glasses on. Uh, seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression that's related to changes in seasons and begins and ends at about the same time every year. If you're like most people with sad, your symptoms start in the autumn and continue into winter months sapping your energy and making you feel moody. These symptoms often resolve during spring and summer 
Most often SAG causes depression in the spring and early summer and resolves during the fall winter months. That's if you're a very confused kind of person. Um, treatment for SAG includes light therapy, phototherapy, psychotherapy, and of course, medications. Mm. Yeah, gotta get the pharmaceutical <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so what's the guy? So I can't remember Huberman. He's a neuroscientist. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. I've been listening to lots of his stuff. And he's talking about the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is um go outside, stare straight into the sun. Get natural yeah. sunlight, unfiltered yeah. sun sunlight. And you need yeah. it in apparently your eyes need to fix on it. And then that just triggers energy for the whole day. And if you don't fix your eyes on it for five minutes, and you obviously don't look straight at it if it's right, <laughs> but there's some component that goes on. And the moment that your eyes um, see it unfiltered, it triggers this mm. you know, neurochemistry response. And a large reason why people don't get energy is because they're never actually looking directly at the mm. sun. They're going from, you know, wake up, fake light, not enough, into a car, windshield, wrong angle. Mm. So mm. I found that super curious. Um, when we so, yeah. were, when we were in Maine uh, and worked at the college there, um, seasonal like the seasonal depression was was really large. Like so, we have a whole um, there's an infirmary there, and there's a uh, um, mental health uh, so quite a high level mental health support. Um, and working in residential okay. e education, we had to, we got a lot of requests for, um, like red lights in, uh, in, in dorms to give like vitamin D. Uh, and it was, it was quite common because the days in the winter was short, like super short, like sun would come up at nine o'clock and it would go down by three o'clock. Mm. And so, and there's just long, dark times and it was a, a real push to we had more extracurricular activities in the winter months for that reason, like to keep people more engaged uh, intentionally. Uh, and our department probably worked hard, super hard, which is great. It was rewarding, but during that time, because of that, uh, because it was really a life for like eighteen to what, oh, seventeen to twenty-three year olds. Um, like the uni age um, was super alive. Um, so yeah. So, so uh, you know, I always think like, what what's natural? What's like kind of normal? Mm. And there's no way that we've evolved over two hundred thousand years to be affected. Yeah. Seasons, mm. right? Because that just imagine we'd we'd be wiped out as a human as a race. Mm. Like, if, but is it from expectations, Ben? So from expectations, like we still have expectations <laughs> that we have this really good time in, in the summer months and it's great and then all the sunlight and we expect it to be all the time, right? Yeah. Like uh, we haven't necessarily involved in our expectations. If anything, our expectations have devolved because it's got higher, right? Expectations go higher. Go, oh, let's do this all the time. Let's chase the sun. Let's be a mat Indian. Go to Bali when it's getting cold in Melbourne. Let's, 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 let's go to Indonesia and go... Um, yeah, let's train all through winter so we're in shape for, you know, summer and, you know, yeah. all that, you know, like versus maybe in winter are we just supposed to slow down like, a bit and lazy mm. and then when spring comes, you know, we're back active again, you know, we burn off the fat and the lazy and we, mm. I just wonder. And I also wonder whether, 
you know, that we, we are all different genetically. And whether, you know, we've, because of technology and transport and, you know, in the last hundred years that you can be in any place you like, you know, within a day, whether there are some people, like you think of, you know, people up in, you know, the top ends up there, like the Netherlands and, Yeah, I was you just know, looking up Norway. Yeah, Norway, right? Yeah. That, you know, they have so much darkness up there mm. that they're genetically adapted to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, but if you took someone that was from the equator and and put them up there, they wouldn't be genetically adapted. Mm. And now that we have this multicultural world, we've got people from all different um, what is the word? Demographics, uh, ethnicities, uh, geographics, mm. all sorts mm-hmm. of different geographics, and they may be displaced. But you, if you look, I, I imagine there's patterns still. Like Norway has the most night. The most darkness in the world, I think. I think they have the highest depression too. Uh, I they wonder if the happy, they're... They're the happy. Who's the happiest country? Some, the some are up there. They're pretty depressed. I think. I think Norway is the high, high depression rate. Right. Mm, it's interesting. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. Well, Vikings too. Those mm. Vikings are always angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always a... raping and pillaging. <laughs> That's worth a Google, but I definitely I googled the higher yeah the countries closest to the poles have the least amount of light. Norway is called the land of midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaska, Africa, sorry, go on. Norway, Greenland, Iceland could possibly be mm. least mm. amount of light. No, but Alaska's got six months of darkness. Darkness, like like the sun doesn't come up for six or five to six months a year. And then, but at the same time, on the other six months, it is daylight. The whole time. A whole lot of time. So you've got at night time, you've got blackout blinds in your house to make sure that you're, you go, okay, it's night time now. So oh, that we- can't be, hey, we can't be designed, surely, surely, to live there. <laughs> well, there's something that lives everywhere. Like when you think about the desert, you go, well, I could possibly live here. And actually, there's, Thousands of things mm. that have evolved and adapted. Would humans that live there look different if we didn't have artificial light? Maybe they would have big goggly big eyes, fucking eyes, like and- Mad Max. Or would you yeah. just sleep? Or would you just sleep for six months? <coughs> sleep, yeah. Like See, is technology stopping us from evolving biologically because we have technology that does the evolution for us? Suddenly, we have lights. We, I wonder. Look at us asking the really mm, those are deep big questions. <laughs> Asking big questions about stuff that we have no, no idea. No idea. <laughs> the other thing is that humans move. We follow the seasons. You know, we were laughing about me following the sun, but there's whole cohorts of people. That's the way they did it. You know, the grey nomads, mm. they're doing it still. Mm. But the native Australians. I came time. out of the shower last week. It was in the morning <laughs> and uh, it was, you know, crappy weather. It was the crappy weather days. And... I always start when I with Michelle when I want to say something profound. I say, <laughs> I say you know, but that's why. And she goes, "Aha, something, something special is coming." <laughs> you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this this, this weather anymore. I'm not doing it next year. We are going three months. Where and 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 also, you know what else? I'm not. I'm not. 
I don't want to rent a house. I want us to buy somewhere that can be our own because I'm sick of this being out of home. I want our own home. We've got my own clothes and I want to be in the sun. Is this oh, you? Shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is hilarious. <laughs> Big house. And, of course, she goes, now, hang on a minute. And then I get all the reasons why we're not doing that next year. And then you write them all down and these are all goals. No, and then I just go and get dressed. <laughs> Well, I tell between my legs and go wander off to work. Oh, so didn't go didn't go any further than that. No. no. Yeah, but he says that. But <laughs> some of your mad ideas, like let's go caravanning around Australia, must have come out of that space. They did. They did. Yeah, that was one of those. You know, I think we should go caravan mm. camping. Probably a larger larger sum to put down when you go to buy a house and <laughs> buying a camper. Yeah, that is that is kind of true. Depends what size house you buy. Like true. Ryan's building tiny homes. They're the yeah. size of a carrot man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's like, I want like four tiny homes. That's what Ben's face was. He was like, I want four tiny homes put together to make put a together. Home, <laughs> to make a home. It's basically a normal size yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. I live in I live in tiny homes, not a tiny home. That's funny. <laughs> so, mate, tell us you've got your your new project, mate. The clinic is it up? Is it done? Are you yeah. are you Monday done with the tool, mate? Monday's the official launch day, mm. um, and uh, it's been a, just a ripper project. So we got back start of October mm-hmm. uh, on the seventh of October or something. I, I started the project, Perfect. so it's been four weeks. Mm. Uh, it's been four weeks from. Empty kind of just the shell of the place until now it's like we're fully kitted out, really. We've just got a few computers, importantly some chiropractic tables to go in on Thursday, and uh, and we're ready for launch on Monday. So it's been just a ripper project. Hence, it's all-consuming. Talk, talk me through. So how many rooms? Uh, so we've got like um, I'll, I'll say we've got seven rooms plus a big space which would work for Pilates or yoga. Or, and was it a house originally? <coughs> no, it's a, it was a commercial building. Commercial building. Um, and uh, gutted it, painted it. Yeah, there was a little bit of infrastructure in there, but um, <coughs> got in there with a nail gun, bought framing timber, took it, cut it, framed, framed it really? all up. Plastered. Uh, I use MDF. So I've used that in previous clinics, and it's it's cheaper than pl- getting a, certainly a plaster. And also, at the time of year, I just realised I was going to struggle to get a trade. But what I love about the MDF is when you want to then put shelves up and nail stuff, yeah. and uh, like it's 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 easy and it's quick. And so I designed everything with exactly the MDF sheets in mind, and um, hung the sheets and just paint straight over, and just paint straight over, and it's come up come up an absolute treat to put new lighting in, use a qualified electrician uh, to do that. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> got it. Yeah, you have you, to, you mate. Got you got it. it. Safety first. Safety first. Safety first. And uh, all new lighting, and uh, it's just cool. Did the big IKEA shop and got a heap of new furniture and bits and pieces. Nice. Um, and by the way, listeners, you know how IKEA says you have to use the Allen key. That, you know that tiny key that if you keep using it for more than two pieces of furniture, you end up with blisters and ulcers in your hand. You don't. You can use an impact driver. Um, and you can drive those those uh, Allen key screws straight in. Um, so don't worry about that. Uh, and so, yeah, put all the furniture together and uh, it's happy days. Right. Uh, so good. How are you going but, with you know, staffing out there? Then, we've got to get them to come. How are you going, to, how are you going with staffing out there? 
Uh, we had a bit of a team change in the last yeah. fortnight, which is always another tough. another team change. You told us yeah. about one or the same one. Yeah, it's probably the same one. Oh, okay. the same one. The same yeah. one. Same one. Yep. Yeah. Real now though, because he's built the place and the people aren't there. Well, mm. the person isn't there. Yeah. So it's you know it gets a little tricky. But I had a, I, was, I was talking to a patient uh, out in the front of reception yesterday, and he said, "Mate, you got another one leaving." <laughs> and I said, "The problem is, I train them too well." Uh, that they become confident and assured and uh, become great chiropractors and they 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 want to move on. Mm. That's not true. Um, <laughs> one of them one of them has decided to do that and he'll be awesome and he'll have a great practice and, and you know we really do wish him all the best. Um, and the other chiropractor was really just looking for a bit of a change. You know, he graduated. Oh, she had two. Yeah, practice. another one leave. Oh, this was from. Oh, before, ago. before. Yeah, cool. Yep. And, and, you know, doing your own thing suits some people. You know, some people are just do your own thing kind of mm, people. Mm. And then some people are more, you know, they're more team and they mm. want to be part of something and they want to belong and they want direction. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to, yeah, they want, want to be more certain and, and, they're more askers than tellers, and mm-hmm. um, and so it's perfect. And so, mm. you know, really I think for people like us that are in a leadership role in a business, we really need to look for more askers in our business, people that mm. just want to be part of the group and want to mm-hmm. fit in and do incredible work, you know, really skilled. And, and but, but come to us and say, hey, you know, what now? What else? Mm. What else? What else? What else? Rather than... Uh, employed tellers, which mm. don't like necessarily to be told, and then decide that they want to move on and become tellers in their own business. Mm. Do you think that is a government? Oh, mate, after you. Like, what if? What if you got a, a teller? You're asking the same. <laughs> <person>. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a very diplomatic way to put this. Um, you got a teller in your business. Right, mm-hmm. which is great, and you want to empower them to step up to a position. But the teller is not skilled at all, and you're like, "Well, hold on, you need to give them a bit of a reality check here and go calm your farm here." Um, with we, I think we talked about this over a little bit, like with the current generation being like, "No, no, 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 I can be, I, I can be a teller, even though you're like, just let's get some runs on the board here, Sally, before you um, to get on." There's a great graph, and it's a, and it's the two axes. One axis is skill. Yep. And the other axis is confidence. Inverted U. Yeah, right. And ideally, as the skill goes up, the confidence goes up, and skill goes up, and confidence goes up, yep. and they follow this beautiful kind of line. Yeah. The challenge is when you've got someone with not enough skill, way too much confidence, we call those people cowboys. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're saying. And so you want to build confidence and skill as they grow. Mm-hmm. I think you also, yeah, I think as well, so many people tell, right? You don't teach people by telling. You teach people by showing, you know, model the behaviour you want to see. How many, um, you know, teachers, parents, people do we see? They're like, why do they do this? And you're like, well, I can tell you why they do it because you do it, right? Mm. You might say do it a certain way, but if you're doing it yourself a certain way, that's how we learn, right? Monkey see, monkey do. Mm. Yes, you can tell people is as long as what you're saying is also something you do, it's going to be more effective. <laughs> but fundamentally, if you're telling people to do something, you're doing the other thing, they're going to copy whatever you're doing. It's like actions, think- actions don't be um, model 
Oh, like behavior. Oh, behavior doesn't yeah. uh, model like their language, right? No, it yeah. models what it sees. Mm. And so I think everyone loves telling people what to do because there's no fucking accountability. It's easy to tell you. I, anyone can tell you how to live your best life, but are they doing it? Like that's that's the hard part, right? That's where there's yeah. discipline, there's character, there's struggle, there's all the qualities that you hope to be come from the doing. Mm. Like we all know, get up early, exercise, drink water. Like we know the answers, but how many of us mm, do them? Mm. It's that whole, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You know? Yeah. It's a classic like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Now, I was chatting to someone who was employing someone um, and running through some interviews and I said, just be aware that in the interview process, that is part of their onboarding if they come to work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they do get the job and they come to work for you, during the interview, you've started to set the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so make the interview an amazing experience. Yeah. yeah. And that that whole process amazing. Because the interview is for both. Mm. When you're interviewing someone, they're looking for a job. Um, you want someone as well. I decide straight away from my interview whether I want to work there. Because mm. like, I'll go, you know what I mean, in the past I've gone mm. to six interviews in, in couple of days and i don't know i'm looking for a job and i want to work at the place that's going to treat me well pay me well mm. and help me progress mm. and so you, an interview goes both ways it's like i'm interviewing you and if if you're a douchebag or you're negative or you're pessimistic i can i don't want to work there mm. But mm. i think that's a really important point and something that the summit does well that interview starts yeah you set the scene, you create the space. Mm-hmm. It's all modeled. You know, you can model it all. So moving forward, when someone does something that isn't in line, you can say, mate, you remember your interview? Like everything was neat, organized. That's how we do things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a We did an interview yesterday, a second round interview, and it was uh, the last question was like, why, well, why, why should we choose you, right? And, and I've gone, why? And, and I asked, I go, I go, do you – uh, uh, why would you choose us, right? And uh, it was interesting. And like the, all the little things, the things that we probably subconsciously did on the Monday or on, on her first interview in and around uh, just part of the culture that she picked up on, like mm-hmm. the friendly faces, the hellos, the people that weren't even in the interview. Let's do the first interview outside on a picnic bench. People going past saying, hi, how are you? What's your name? Like, she's like, oh, wow. Like, I feel like I don't even work here yet, but I feel like I'm part of the family. <coughs> um, and that, and that, that happens over time, right? Like, you mm. set a culture. It feels forced at the beginning. But when you've been doing it for 10 years, it's authentic. People say hello, not because they can see someone having an interview, because they generally mm. care, right? And and people feel that. Um, Kat, am I allowed to speak about this? I'm going to anyway. Um, Kat's been interviewing. Right, so she's got quite a few interviews at the moment. She's looking for a job. And one of her, we were chatting beforehand, like, what are you looking for? She's like, I really want to progress in my career. So she wants to be an expert in the field. Awesome. Um, she, she wants to be surrounded by a team of people who are really um, passionate about supporting each other's growth and supporting each other to support their clients. All right? So it's got to be a really good um, you know, debriefing, being able to resource each other, have it's basically personal development. She wants to progress. Mm. And we get this job interview or, you know, um, application for uh, 
an online version of can I say the company? Probably not. Um, yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> say um, the position though. Say the position. The position is like a mental health practitioner. Yeah. Um, online, three days a week, one day in the office. And th- this company is renowned. Like I'll, if I said their name, you go, oh, they're a big deal. They're all over Australia. They're all over maybe even the world now. And the interview was ridiculous. So I'm sitting next to Kat driving and she's interviewing. Some good questions, you know, comes to the end of the interview, hangs up. Um, and there was this point where so Kat sent her a resume through beforehand. You would think, you would think that people would read the resume before they interview the person. Like that would be standard, right? The like the first cover letter talks about her experience, talks about how she's got a mental, uh, she's, you know, a master's in social work. She's been working in the field for three years and she's just graduated. And this woman is asking just generic questions that have nothing to do with her specific things. She's, you know, how long have you been in the field? <laughs> have you got your master's? It's all stuff that was on there. Anyway, finishes the call. Kat's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get it because they're looking for a fresh graduate straight out. She's kind of in the overqualified category. I'm like consoling her. We're chatting. We're like, it's all right. There'll be plenty more opportunities. Um, and she's like, no, I really wanted this one because it was going to work. Ten minutes later, gets a call. It's the woman again saying, hello. Um, I was wondering if we could book you in for a interview. She's like, I literally just had an interview with you five minutes ago. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Sorry. Yes. You know, sorry. We, it's still... Still not looking for someone in your category. We're looking for someone in this category. I'm sorry. It's, I've got so many people to call. Really, really sorry. I'm like, and cats are frustrated, right? Because she she believes that should be my job. And this woman's saying it's not what we're looking for. Oh. I'm like, this is not what you're looking for. You said you wanted a really great team. You want a culture. You want people who are, you know, what do we get a call? A day later, same woman. No way. Same oh, for an interview. It's INZ Bank. Again. It's the INZ Bank. She hasn't even crossed her off the list. Mm. And then she got sent an email again. So four times contacted when they've already said to her after the interview that you're not the person we're looking for. Oh, mm. disorganized. That's but pretty cool. She was poor. going for a job with the INZ Bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben's, got, Ben's got a gripe with the INZ yeah. Bank. Yeah. But, like, this is interviewing one-on-one, right? If you decline someone, you don't call them back 10 minutes later. Like, so I said to her, I think you're dodging a bullet here because this is not the organised, you know. This gives you insight into this company. If that's the way their hiring process is, that's not someone you want to work for. But why is it then, going back to where Ben goes, the, the coffee, like the people that care and do it really well, and the people that don't do it well. Why is that? I think small sometimes. The bigger the business, the less people fucking care. Sometimes. Just, yeah. The di- the more diluted it gets. Right? Less so potent. Think, like Ben's going through a period of growing. So you know, I'm I'm wondering how do you keep it so it still feels potent. Yeah. Potent, personal, like people care mm. when it starts yeah. getting bigger. I think, you know, Ron, I and I were talking about this long in the car this morning as, as I was coming up about uh, people, people need, we all need some accountability, you know, mm. and often 
often we're great starters, but we're not great finishers. We're great starters, but we're not great maintainers. And um, and we're talking about that the role of a CEO, I said, is actually not, it's not actually CEO, it's CRO, Chief Reminder Officer. And that is to go around reminding people the why, the vision, the mission, where are we heading, where are we sailing this ship, and you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Remember to do that. Remember to do that. Remember to do that. Remember to do that. That um, we've, we've got to keep reminding our teams what's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our role as a leader. And you're there for the team, aren't you? You're their supporter and reminder. Correct. And if you support and remind them, because you don't, theoretically, you don't, your job isn't to service the customer anymore, look after them, look after the team, looks after them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a constant remark. Like you can, every month, you just, every week, you just got to say, hey, remember, do this, remember, do this, remember, do this, remember, do this. And uh, that's kind of our role. And I think there maybe there's some organisations where they've told them what to do and they've started doing it really well, but no one's there reminding them around mm-hmm. what's important. Rem- remember to check the coffee machine temperature. Remember to check thing. Remember to clean it out at the end of the day. Remember... Mm. Uh, make sure the milk is fresh. Remember, remember, remember. Um, so, yeah, those those little things, and they add up, don't they? That's that's what makes a great business. Thousand little things done well, which is where Mac Macca's, you know, I say gives a seven out of ten. It might not be epic, but I'm sure they got some incredible checklists. They got mm. some epic reminders, right? <laughs> epic to make reminders. sure. Yeah. Loads, I think we done. We talked about this, but when he, particularly when he was in India and in Egypt. Uh, he he went to Macca's a lot because in all that uncertainty, that, all that chaos, mm. he'd go to Macca's yeah. and it was a certain place. Mm. The burgers were certain. The service was certain. The staff were in uniform. He said, Dad, it's just like Macca's in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of um, comfort. Cons- consistency because they're checklists and they're global checklists. Mm. Yeah. So what would be our uh, takeaways, team, fellas, from today? We talked about uh, seasonal seasonal depression. Uh, we talked about <coughs> askers, tellers. We we mentioned the uh, the people that do things really well and the people who just do them subpar, and mm. probably and a lot of lot of other ones in between there. What would be your takeaway? I'm going to go first. Go. Because mm-hmm. it holds me accountable. Um, model the behavior you want to see. So for me, it was the idea of, you know, I mentioned we talked about being in dark space and we all get into those spaces. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the uh, environment really affects that. But go back to the basics and do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. So journaling helps me. I don't necessarily want to do it all the time, but if I do it, then the next thing's a little bit easier, the next thing. So be model. Don't just talk about it. And do both. And talk about the things you're doing, but also do them. And do them well. Mm-hmm. And that makes the next thing easier. Mm-hmm. Mm. Benny? Benny's got, Benny's got something on his wall there, and it's kind of, I read it the first time, and I didn't quite get it. Someone once told me the definition of hell. The last day you have on earth the person you became will meet the person you could have become. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. 
Ouch. Imagine that. You get to the last day on earth, right? And you're sitting and going, hey, this is who I am and this is who I've become. Mm. I could have what become I what I could have mm. become. I wonder what I could have achieved. I wonder how much I could have loved. I wonder how much I mm. could have cared. I wonder how much I could have done the things that really mattered. Mm. Um, so for me, the take home from today is it's kind of, it's it's not so much what we said or what we talked about, but, you know, what's come up for me about that is uh, not being in so, too much of a hurry, right, to enjoy the things mm. a lot and we've talked about this a million times, but it reminded me of a quote that came up this morning on my insight time when I was doing my morning meditation, and it was something like, the water in a river knows that it will get there eventually. Mm. Like... You know, like we've just got to trust that we'll get there eventually and not always be in too much of a rush to get there. Uh, and the question for me then that comes up, well, how do, I, how do I get where I want to go and not be in a rush to get there? Mm. That, that place of equanimity of not, not caring about outcomes and, you know, in the moment, but still have wanting to pursue something. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, so... That's what's come up for me, really, is I like that. Just pa- patience mm. is in there, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Still have goals, but be patient throughout the process. Trust that you'll get there. Mm. 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 What about you, mate? Mm. Oh, mate? I would say, like, pick, for me, it would be like, pick your craft. And always be bothered. Always be bothered um, to master that craft. And you don't need to pick. It doesn't have to be everything. But like for me, it just goes, oh, always be bothered in general. But like master master your craft, whatever that may be. Right? Um, we talked about Little Rebel Coffee um, this morning. But yeah, master your craft because that it's. I think it's a dying breed. I think mediocre uh, mediocre everything is is around us all the time and I think it's like you go to like your artisan bakery or your artisan like type of that type of skill set is not there anymore uh, readily I would say so I think yeah for me be for me myself bro spend more intentional time mastering my craft mm. Mm. that's good mate yeah Really good. Great chat as always, team. Uh, I yeah. reckon, I think we need to do one soon in all three of us in person. So, That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, lots of That'd be really good. Yeah. Uh, we better, we, and get the camera angle right so people aren't looking at my big muscular knees. <laughs> Very tanned. I, I used to be called Choco when I was a kid. All right, everyone. Have a great week. See you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.